Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Colter, let's jump into it. Montana State hiring a new offensive coordinator. Justin Udy has been named the offensive coordinator uh, on uh, on Coach Jeff Choate's staff. He is, uh, or was, I should say, an offensive analyst at Texas Tech last year. He was on Matt Wells' staff uh, prior to that at Utah State and went with Coach Wells when he made the move to Texas Tech. And so he's been uh, with Matt Wells for, for a couple of years. He also spent three seasons at South Dakota School of Mines, uh, where he was the offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator there at, D, at, at the D2 school, uh, South Dakota uh, School of Mines. He also he played where at Southern uh, Oregon? Eastern Oregon. Eastern Oregon, excuse me. Eastern Oregon from like 07 to 2011, his playing career. But he got right into coaching, and he's been – in football, uh, you know, as a player and now as a, as a coach at various spots all the way through, uh, he's still a very young guy. I don't know how old he is exactly. Uh, uh, math would indicate between twenty nine and thirty. Yeah, some. he was. He was. You never know if a guy is twenty two, twenty three during their fifth and final sure. year of college football. But his last year of college football was Nicole. nine years ago. So he's probably between twenty nine and thirty one. Yeah, young guy. So another young guy added to Jeff Schultz. And he was an offensive coordinator. At, at South Dakota School of Mines. Uh, and so there is the experience of, you know, presumably being a play caller live within the context of a football game, which I think is an important thing. Even though it's Division Two, and there's not, you know, all the things that go into having, you know, Division One college football and all that kind of stuff, the the act of in fact being on the sideline and calling a game in real time and doing it is at some point i think critical the experience that you need to have before becoming a division 1 
offensive coordinator if you're going to be the play caller sure. in that sense. And I don't know. I, I presume that he will be the play caller. I guess I don't know that for a fact, but that that would be my assumption on this. What I'm interested in, though, Coulter, are several things. First of all, this this has been a consistent. Uh, 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 I don't want to call it formula, but I, you know, r- repeated uh, scenario for Jeff Choate of finding young, uh, not inexperienced, but but I mean, it, it, young presumably not nearly as much of experience as some guys who are trying to prove themselves, guys who are trying to come up in the profession and putting them on the staff. And Justin Udy, I mean, this is a big position for a thirty-year-old guy who was an analyst last year to be the offensive coordinator of Division One football team, right? Well, yes, I, I think that this will be Jeff Choate's fifth offensive play caller in his, entering his five seasons at the helm. His first one, Courtney Messingham, was one and done, went to North Dakota State, now is at Kansas State. Mixed results. I think that Courtney Messingham's offensive acumen has been on much higher display when he was at North Dakota State and Kansas State than it was at Montana State, but mm-hmm. a lot of that is the the trigger, man. I mean, tra- Tyler Bregman didn't work out for Montana State, and that kind of made the offensive situation a disaster in Jeff Choate's first year, and that led to an 0-6 big sky start. So I think that Cordy Messingham probably took a lot of undue heat. But, I mean, when you look at Cordy Messingham and then Brian Armstrong, who was formerly the head coach and offensive coordinator at Rocky Mountain College in Billings, and Bob Cole, who had great success as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Northern Illinois, Coach Jordan Lynch, made Jordan Lynch a Heisman finalist. Those three guys have all the experience in the world. Yeah, The offense wasn't any good. Matt Miller, who'd never called a play a day in his life, took over as a 28-year-old, and Montana State's offense was largely better. Is it a coincidence or not? I don't really know. You know, Is having too much experience in terms of coaching for Jeff Choate maybe a disadvantage? I'm not sure, but all I do know is that the guys that have fit into Jeff Choate's staff the best during his five seasons are guys with little to no experience. Yeah. Veteran coaches... I mean, Ty Gregorak is no longer the defensive coordinator of Montana right. State. Right. Ken Ione is a veteran, even though he's not old. You know, as a guy that came back. Can I ask you this? Sure. What is an offensive analyst? I mean, what is it that you're doing day in and day out as an offensive analyst on a football? You're team? studying football. Yeah. That is all. You're not coaching players. You're not interacting with players. You're not recruiting. You're doing no coaching thing. You are studying football. So, in this sense, when he's working alongside David Yost... David Yost is making his game plan for Texas Tech to play Oklahoma. And Justin Udy likely then came to Yost and said, here's my comprehensive breakdown of the three best players on Oklahoma's defense, what they do well, what they don't do well, how we attack them. Kane Ione, when he was a defensive analyst for Pete Kukowski at Washington, which is the exact same position. You're a d- game planner. Not you're even a s- game planner. You're a game studier. So, for example, when Kane Ione was at the University of Washington under Pete Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake Mm -hmm. on Chris Peterson's staff as a defensive analyst, his number one job was to analyze all the quarterbacks in the Pac-12 and have comprehensive catalogs of everything that that quarterback could do specifically well. When an NFL scout would come through UW, they would ask Kane Ione what he thought of Mm-hmm. A guy like Jake Browning, but also a guy like Justin Herbert. Yeah. Because Kane Ione had been studying the quarterbacks in the Pac-12. You're studying specific scheme, positions, weaknesses. It's like going to grad school for football, basically. Right. Because you don't have the responsibility. It's not like going to grad school for coaching. It's like going to grad school for 
X's well, and O's. Yes, for scheme. Scheme, personnel, scouting, evaluation, and things David like that. And David Yost, presumably a very good guy to sit next to because you are, when I say you're game planning, to your point, you are, you're not game planning the whole thing, but the specific st- things that you are responsible for, you are delivering basically an assessment and an opinion about the best way to go about this, which the offensive coordinator then takes presumably with, with some weight from what you said since you've right. done it and integrates it into the broader plan of what it is you're going to try and do in a given game. And all sorts of trends and things like that. Right. Jeff Chode is famous for dropping his trends. Like when, they, when Montana State played Northern Arizona, he said, Northern Arizona has taken 58 shots down the field of more than 30 yards in six games. You do the math. How many per that per game? And analyst is the guy that comes up with stats like that over and over and over again. Cho dropped all sorts of stats when Montana State played Albany, and they had David Undercuffler, the the retro freshman who really tore it up this TV, year through yeah. 40 plus touchdowns. An analyst is the it's one that's Jeff Undercuffler. Jeff, excuse me, Undercuffler, who the analyst is the guy who's bringing that to the table. Mm-hmm. The, all mm-hmm. the some people might say random, but more like very specific trends and things like that. In terms of this specific hire, people might say this is sort of out of the blue. How, where did this come from? How yeah. did this? I mean, how did who applied? What happened? How did this guy weasel his way in? Well, first of all, you got to understand that Jeff Choate's roots trace back to Utah State. Matt Wells was at Utah State before Texas Tech. Matt Wells had great success at Utah State. So there's a lot of crossover in terms of relationships that Cho probably still has in Logan in terms of checking up on what was going on at Utah State, but also just knowing the coaching staff at Texas Tech. That's how that game first came about. And um, Choate knows Matt Wells. They've had some crossover in their careers. So I think that Wells probably gave UD a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you got to remember is that Although Eastern Oregon seems like a completely off-the-beaten-path school, and it is, Eastern Oregon's in the Frontier Conference. Right. This guy spent his career in college playing, playing in, in Montana. Montana. Yeah, right. And so there's probably a lot of crossover because all Choate's roots are in the Frontier Conference as well as someone who played at Montana Western. You know, B.J. Robertson, Brian Armstrong, those guys have Frontier Conference roots on Jeff Choate's staff as well. But when I, I, this was the, the first guy externally that I had knowledge of Montana State Interviewing, I know that they gave um, Daenerys McGee a chance to interview for the job, and I think that Jeff Choate probably had an honest conversation with him and said, hey, I think that you're on the right track, but I don't think you're quite ready for this position, and Daenerys McGee leads for the Houston Texans. I can't confirm this with certainty, but I would not. I, I would be surprised if Brian Armstrong wasn't at least given another crack at it. Mm-hmm. He was the OC in 2017, shared OC duties with Bob Cole for part of the 2018 season before Demotion is kind of the wrong word because he was basically just reassigned and he's just back coaching the offensive line and he's done a great job at that element of the deal. But I also can confirm that Jeff Choate interviewed Matt Troxel, former Grizz wide receiver who spent some time as position coach and offensive coordinator at Idaho State, then was at Montana for a brief moment in time with Bob Stitt and then went to Oregon State when Jonathan Smith was hired and then went to the AAF. What do you say? F. The F. The F. Uh, so Troxel was in the mix, but but the number one thing that I've heard internally about Justin Udy is, and Jeff Choate said this in the press release today too, he said that this was not necessarily a guy that I sought out. It wasn't a Jeff Choate, I have my list in my top drawer. This guy came to them. He had interviewed for their wide receivers coaching job before they hired Eric Frazier last year, but Choate said it was a great interview, but everybody I've talked to inside the program say, 
They, they used words like incredibly prepared, detail-oriented. One source said, the guy's a flat genius. He walked in and he had every idea in the world about what he would do with Montana State's offense and their personnel. So I really think this is one of those rare occasions where it wasn't connections, it wasn't who you know, it was this dude just straight nailed it. I mean, once upon a time at Montana, Brian Kelly had the inside track to be the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. And a 37-year-old who was a special teams coordinator at the University of Washington walked in, and Wayne Hogan couldn't say no. Yeah. And Bobby Houck is the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies because he wowed him so much. And I think, that, I mean, it's not not apples to apples here, but it seems as if this guy just nailed the interview and really was impressive in the process. Jeff Choate uh, saying this uh, in the in the release, I interviewed him a year ago for a wide receiver's jobs. Uh, and I felt that his background was more of a play caller than a receiver's coach. He won this job in the interview process. He has a high level of functional intelligence. I would be interested to know what non-functional intelligence is. Perhaps that's what I've got. Uh, and yeah, I passion- wondered if that was the maybe a typo. Was it football intelligence? It's... I, I- Says functional sure, intelligence. Right, right, regardless. Uh, it, and he, he goes on to say, and his passion for coaching the game came out loud and clear. He's a Northwest guy, and I really believe he wants to be in Bozeman at Montana State and do a great job. This is the thing, though, that I, I wanted to talk about now. It was the consensus of our staff that he was the right fit for us. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security at blackfoot communications they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of montana they do they're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Uh, it's 2 Telling the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Now, it's an interesting scenario when you have certainly one and perhaps multiple guys on your staff interviewing for a job that you then do not give to those guys. Right. Hire a guy, a young guy at that, from outside totally. who probably doesn't have any more experience, perhaps less than some of the guys that you've passed over, and then say, we as a group all agreed he was the right guy. Now, of course, you're not going to sit here and go, well four of the six of us agreed that he was the right guy or something like that. So I understand that. But also, I think a lot of times people think, well, the head coach sits down and this guy sits across from him and then he makes a decision. Well, that's not how it goes. I think you bring a guy in. I mean, it it can be, but you bring a guy in and not in an interview sense is your running backs coach going to say, you know, have to check the box to go, yeah, this guy, I like him as an offensive coordinator. But we talk all the time, Coulter, about how underrated something like cohesion, like chemistry is on coaching staffs, yep. the relationships that exist there. And it has been nothing but moving parts under Jeff Choate since he arrived in Montana State in terms of the staff in general. Right. Um, and I don't know that there's been a whole lot of 
animosity necessarily within there. Right. I don't know that there's been a ton of cohesion, and you don't have it doesn't, you don't you don't have to be having lunch with eight dudes every single day because you're all so happy with one another to do a great <laughs> job as a coaching staff. I'm only laughing because you are having lunch with them no matter what during the <laughs> right. season. Yeah, yes, fair <laughs> point. Because you don't have any time you got to do nowhere anything to, else. Yeah, because the pizza showed up. But, That's right. Uh, but but you understand what I'm saying. I do. And uh, you know, but it, but I I would think, especially in a move like this, you would go to specific guys on your staff at the least. If you're Jeff Choate, and say, "This is what I'm thinking about doing. I want you to talk to him. I want you to fill him out. And I want you to tell me what you think, or at least give me. You know, I'm not going to not do what I'm going to do because of what you tell me. Okay, everybody understands that this is the head coach's choice. Right, but also. If you want to run a sort of relationship-driven program, which it seems like Jeff Choate wants to, right. you attempt to, I think, extend all of branches in this process at some level. And so for him to – he could have not said that is all I'm saying at the sure. end. And he chose to include that, that you know, they that, that, that we as a staff felt that he was the best guy for the job. And so I, I think that is worth taking note of. We talked about the structure of salaries for FCS coaching staffs, specifically in Montana yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times the head coach structures their pay scales by being able to pay each coordinator the most money, and then it, it sort of matriculates down. You get veteran coaches to coach specific positions. Usually at this level, it's the offensive and defensive lines, and then it, it kind of goes on down the way. And, and usually at this level, the salary structures then matriculate down towards guys that coach corners, guys that coach running backs, guys that coach receivers. Those guys are usually young guys, guys that are recruiters, and guys that when you hire them, you expect them to lose them sooner or later. I think that this dawned on me last night. I think that Choate really has – he structured his staff to the point where I think that he knows there's certain guys on his staff. It's not as if they're not replaceable, but – he knows there's dudes that are sort of ride or die type guys that I don't think that Brian Armstrong is going to go anywhere. I think Brian Armstrong will coach whatever position, mainly offensive line, but he's also coached tight ends. He's been the offensive coordinator. I think that he's there at Montana state with Jeff Choate. I think that that's one of his right-hand men. They played at Montana Western. They seem to get along swimmingly. When Brian Armstrong was demoted, it wasn't a firing. There was no hard feelings. All right, army, you're going to coach the offensive line, do your best. And he's done a great job at that. I think B.J. Robertson is in the perfect position for him. He's the director of high school operations. He controls Montana State's in-state recruiting. He's everybody's best friend. He could be the governor of Montana someday if he really wanted to. And he's also a great special teams coach. I don't think he has any illusions of doing anything besides just being with Jeff Choate and riding it out. And I think Kane Ione and Bobby Daly, it's their alma mater. They, it's their dream jobs. And it's not as if, you know, especially a guy like Bob Daly, who's, who's a young guy and, and has, I think has a lot of talent coaching linebackers. It's not as if he couldn't move on and move up if he was to get a Power 5 job or something like that. But as of right now, I think that he is very satisfied. He's not just going to leave for another FCS job. Right. Him and his wife love Bozeman. Same with Kane and his wife. They're there. I, I don't think you're making – I think it would be a, a pretty big shock if those guys were to leave so you're not planning on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of the other positions – you know, I think that the, the conversation between Choate and Daenerys McGee, I think it really was, even though Daenerys is an icon of the program, a great face and spokesman for the university, I think that Choate knew that at some point he would probably want to spread his wings, you know, dabble in his home state in Texas, and then maybe come back someday. But he needed some more growth as a coach, and there's he's kind of hit a ceiling 
just coaching running backs. You need to diversify your knowledge. But I think that that's the way that Choate's treating this, that some he's got his dudes. That's probably his inner circle. They probably all were in on this UD hire, and then some of the other guys, you know, we'll, we'll see where they go. I think that he's treating it more as if he's he's got his guys that are solidified, and there's some other guys. It's not the person, it's the position right. that might be in flux. Last thing I want to touch on on this is is just this fact. Now, I, I talked initially or early about the mechanics of actually play calling in a football game, and, and I think right. that's critical to be able to have done that somewhere. Right. to know what that is like, okay? Because at, at the end of the day, a football game is still 60 minutes and all that stuff, okay? To go from being a defensive analyst where your best friends are a computer and a magic marker to actually developing young men and all, you know, as a, sure. you know, a, a, a direct, the direct uh, uh, coach of the offense. He's been around football his whole life. Okay, it's not like it's... You, not going to be able to relate, especially as a young guy. You would see, I think there's a certain level of expectation that he probably will relate very well in a lot of ways. There, but but it is new, especially when you haven't. He's been an analyst for a couple of years now. Defensive analyst at Utah State, yep. offensive analyst at Texas Tech. That's right. To jump back into the, I got a human being sitting across from me in a high pressure job like what Montana State is, like Division One college football is, and be the guy that is you know, look to and is bringing all these guys together in, in that way and have guys on your staff. I mean, be the, be the, be the boss of other coaches in a sense in that way. Now at the end of the day, it all goes straight to Jeff Cho. Exactly. So I understand like that is true, but, but within the confines of what, what we don't see when you are there with your team, with your staff, those, they got to like you. I mean, it's, it, it, it's not like you, but they have to respect you. Yep. And I'm not saying there's any reason to think that he won't command respect, but also th- that is a part of the job that he had didn't have anything that he needed in that way, right? particularly when he was at Utah State and then at Texas Tech. And so to try and generate that from scratch without really many connections in anything, I mean, that that is a, a major part of the job, which will go, you know, there's no quantifiable means to measure how well that's going or whatever, but it's important, and to do that, especially as a young guy, I mean, sometimes I, I think that's a tough thing to pull off, and we'll see if he can. Well, the way Jeff Choate manages his staff is very similar to the way he manages his team. The second to last day of fall camp, Montana State has what they call roll call meetings. Every single player has a sit-down meeting with Jeff Choate and whatever coordinator of the side of the ball he plays. And they just, they say, son, over the last eight and a half to nine months, here's our body of work of what you've done, and here's what we need you to maximize for this team this year. Whether that's being the best number two Sam linebacker on the roster, the best guy covering kicks, or the guy that just needs to bring positive energy because, son, you're not going to play very much. You would agree with me on this in terms of the honesty that Jeff Choate operates with. He tells you how it is all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that he uh, is very good at using his his platform and his ability to speak to force an agenda oftentimes, especially when it comes to things like building the new facility that they're building or pushing for full cost of attendance. He It's not as if he doesn't have tact. He's a smart guy. He's got tact. But in terms of what he demands of you in the role that you play in his life, whether you're a reporter or a strong safety, he's very honest about it. 
I agree with what you're saying, but I think that there's guys that like offensive coordinators, for example, like Tim Cramsey was when he was on Rob Ash's staff, who is a very dynamic players coach who is the head coach of the offense, mm-hmm. who everybody looks to, and, and he's the guy who's giving you confidence and pumping you up. Ty Gregorak's very similar to that defensively. He, he's the, he's the, the leader of the entire unit and also the play caller. We'll see if Justin Udy can do that or not, but I don't think it's essential mm-hmm. because I think if he can, he will, and if he can't, they won't make him. You look at a guy like Matt Miller. Matt Miller is a great leader by example. He was as a as an athlete, as a player at Boise State, as a wide receivers coach, and as an offensive coordinator. But he's not like Tim Rosenbaugh is at Montana or Tim Cramsey was at Montana State where they are kind of the head coach, the go-get-em type of the offense. Matt Miller is just the guy who's calling the plays, making the game plan. He's holding everybody accountable, certainly. But it's not if, – if Justin Udy can't do that, I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah, because I think Jeff Choate can do that for him. I guess the thing is, and there's there's a level at which I totally agree with you. One of the things that I don't think worked ultimately with with Jeff Choate and and Ty Gregorek is that they're both on the defensive side of the ball. Exactly. In and this, it was it, it wasn't even even if it wasn't conflicting messages, it just wasn't quite the same. That's right. So that's but but that's why I think this is actually even maybe a little more important because on the defensive side, you ultimately do have Jeff Choate, who's the one kind of running the show. Whereas offensively, even though he's the guy who can engender all that stuff that you talked about, right. the offensive coordinator is the one who's going to be doing all the things. Sure. And, and so if it's not working, it it becomes no. I don't know. It looks, it's all of a sudden you go, what are we doing here? And I just think well, that there's opportunity for more questions. I know That's we got to get out, but the one point worth making is yeah. that Dennis Erickson's name was floated around a bunch. Matt Miller, when he moved down mm-hmm. to the sideline from the box this last season, Dennis Erickson was right on his hip, helping him out. Call plays from the sidelines. Yep. Dennis Erickson's been very involved recently with Montana State football. It's his alma mater. I don't think I think that Dennis Erickson might have been this might have been floated in front of him, but he obviously did not take it because I think if Dennis Erickson slaps his resume on your desk, you say, "Case closed, you're hired." Totally. I have heard though from multiple sources in the program that no matter who the hire was going to be, and now with the hiring of Justin Udy, that Dennis Erickson will be heavily involved in mentoring that person, and in this okay. case, Udy during spring ball. Well, that's you know, we'll see. so that, we'll see that, how much that, he can grow. That is that is worth noting for sure. Two tell new one is one ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Bunch of high school stuff going on. The new school opening in Bozeman, the Gallatin Valley High School. It's got a couple new coaches poaching from current Bozeman uh, High School, as well as several other things going on as well. So we'll get to that right after this. Coulter, if you're looking for a place to stay, maybe your person needs to have a meeting space, a banquet. Maybe you just want to have a nice breakfast and not cook it in a bed away. Maybe you got family coming in. Wingate by Wyndham Hotel in Missoula. That will take care of everything you need. There's future sports superstars all over the state of Montana. This is high AAU season. This is the yes, peak is. of the AAU season. So if you're hosting a tournament or you're going somewhere else or you got a bunch of teams coming to town, AAU events going on all over Missoula, all over western Montana between now and mid-March. Basketball, volleyball, hockey. Wingate by Wyndham is a great location for all youth travel sports. They have group discounts and, of course, the water park. So if you need a little extra, hey. either get warmed up before the game, blow off some steam after the game, take a dip in the pool. If you got an AAU team coming to town or you know some people that need some places to stay because you're hosting a tournament, 
Center of the Wingate by Wyndham. They have a great breakfast bar. That's a free option for any guest. But the weekends book fast, so they encourage teams to call early on for the best room selection and let the Wingate by Wyndham make you feel at home even when you're not. And it is time, Coulter, for our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, the 20th year that they're giving away scholarships to seniors uh, in high school around western Montana uh, to go to school. And in honor of the 20th year, they're giving 10 $10,000 scholarships. Go to FarmersEbank.com to find out more. Coulter, uh, this is very interesting. Gallatin High School is opening in Bozeman next year, so there will be two, and if you include Belgrade that just moved up to AA, three AA schools in uh, the Gallatin Valley in the Bozeman area next year. Wes Holmquist is the uh, head coach of the defending state champion Bozeman Hawks boys basketball team. And he, you know, has come down now that he is going to go to Gallatin High School and coach the girls basketball team. Uh, and so, look, from boys to girls, whatever, I mean, that's that's fine. But it's interesting when you're a state champion winning head coach that all of a sudden, you know, this new one opens and you go over there. And I have no idea the logistics of it. I don't know. His daughter's going to be a freshman okay. there. That's a that's a reasonable thing. That's the most interesting part about it, though, because to me, I was not sure what the rules were going to be in terms of open enrollment, and I don't think this actually com- fully confirms that open enrollment doesn't exist, but it's very indicative that open enrollment will not exist in Bozeman because if it was open enrollment, why would Wes Holmquist leave the job he's had for 10-plus years? Yeah. Unless, been very I mean, he could, just, he could just have his daughter come to Bozeman High, right? Well, obviously, this is a districting thing where his daughter's going to Gallatin, so he wants... Go to Galton, or perhaps he just wants a new, a fresh start. You, know, you never know. Interesting. Bozeman High School is located like very close to downtown Bozeman, right? Gallatin is not actually that far away. But no, they're not very it, far it, away it, at all. But it is headed west, which is sort of. I mean, it's kind of akin to Big Sky and Sentinel, right? Like Big Sky and Sentinel are not very far apart either. That's true. Yeah, but in terms of the the growth of Bozeman, has largely been headed west out towards Belgrade and and the distance or whatever between Belgrade and Bozeman in terms of empty space has shrunk considerably. Uh, and so this, you know, is to service that whole area. And like you said, you know, if there's not open enrollment, then, then, that's, then that's that. But, you know, when Glacier opened in Kalispell, it became the brand new shiny like facilities and everything like that. And they, they also wanted to be good. I mean, they made a priority of sports up there in, in, uh, in, in, at Glacier high school. And, you know, it's kind of a foregone conclusion now or not a foregone conclusion, but it, it is, it's a known commodity at this point in terms of, of that. And flathead has found a way, by the way, to work their way back into being very competitive. And I mean, they're defending, you know, state champion runner-up in, in football, for instance. So they, they you know, have... Two, two years ago, yes. Was it two years? Okay. Because yeah, this last uh, right, year, yeah, it, yeah, it was this, this just happened. Right, right. Um, but there there is a... It seems like there's a shift often, you know, where all of a sudden everybody who can wants to go be in the new thing. You know what I mean? And who wouldn't want to? And I get that. If his daughter is going to be, you know, coming up and, you know, presumably playing, you know, basketball over there, that makes, you know, all the sense in the world. But this is a, this is a loss for Bozeman. And also just in general, you go, oh, okay, so it's not just the person that you're hiring to go do this thing. You're actually taking 
somebody from the one high school to the other. And I, I mean, obviously, there are a bunch of kids that are going to Bozeman High School now that are going to be going to Gallatin, sophomores and freshmen and so forth right now, just as a matter of fact. So it's going to be a much smaller school in terms of population at Bozeman High School, which is the point. I mean, it's it's far too large to probably service it the way it probably needs to be from an education and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's why you have a new school opening, and this is kind of part of that deal. By the way, they also hired a new head football coach as well. Yeah, a lot of new hirings, actually. So the the list for the new Gallatin High School that have been confirmed goes like this. Hunter Chandler, who's a young guy. He was on the he was on Bozeman's 2010 state championship team. I remember covering him in high school. Mm-hmm. He's a great, strong safety. He went on to play at Montana State Northern, had a great career for the Northern Lights. It's funny because when I first heard this, I was like, man, he is so young. How does he get that job? And then I realized that that was 10 years ago at the one state championship game. Still a young guy, but he's in his late 20s. I, I just imagine him as like a 22-year-old. Right. But Hunter Chandler, I think he's a great hire. I've, no, I've known Hunter a little bit. Um, really hard worker, really driven guy. And I think he'll be a guy that will probably be there for a while because he is a young guy. In boys golf, they hired Matt Clark. Mike Claxton, an interesting hire. He's a guy that uh, actually grew up in Chester, Montana, and played basketball at Montana State Northern, and then he played professionally overseas for a long time, and he's been serving as an assistant and a liaison in one of the top European leagues. He's got a lot Mm. of professional basketball experience. Coming back to Montana, he'll coach boys basketball. Wes Holmquist coaching girls basketball. And then they've also made hires for tennis, cross-country, swimming, softball, and volleyball. So their coaching positions are... Almost all the way full, but it will be very interesting to see how this all plays out. But Wes Holmquist, I mean, he's been on the show before. He's a yep. great guy, and um, he leaves leaves a, a program that he led to a lot of success. They played for the state championship four times in his 12 years, won the state title back in 2010, and then won the state title last year. So he kind of bookended his his time there with state titles. And, I mean, he's an all-around good dude. I mean, I, I've, I've always really enjoyed Wes. He's a, a great teacher both in the classroom, the actual academic classroom, and on the basketball court. So um, fresh start for him, and I think it'll be good for the Gallatin girls basketball program. One other thing we want to touch on here before we got to get out, but uh, we've talked a lot about Raleigh Wooster and his, you know, where he's going to school and how that shifted, and now he's going to go to Utah State and play basketball. But Abe Johnson, his teammate, who's right. a, a really good basketball player in his own right, is going to play basketball at West Point. Yep. accepted and he's going to go play at Army. So congratulations to him, first of all, for going to West Point at all and then uh, also playing basketball. But he signed uh, his NLI yesterday, and so congratulations, uh, or not even an NLI, right? He signed. Right, he's, right. He's, it's National okay. Intent. You okay. got it. Uh, in any case, uh, to uh, to go play basketball there. So talking about you know a couple, uh, couple pretty good dudes to have on your basketball team at the high school level going to play at Utah State and Army, respectively. Well, I'll tell you this, too. I, I'm so interested to see where Cam Lorant signs because mm. I was so impressed with him. I kind of knew what I was getting going to the Hellgate Sentinel game on Friday night when it comes to Raleigh Wooster. Mm-hmm. And Abe Johnson, I mean, he's hard to miss. He's 6'8". He is. He's he's tall. So that, you know, it's a very simple transition, you know, the guy can run up and down the court. He can catch the ball. A six eight. He's a Division one recruit automatically. And then you add in the fact that he actually is athletic and skilled. He is. He's a good player. Yeah. But I loved Cam Lawrence, man. I think he's really skilled. I think he's he's a lot bigger than I expected. I mean, he's he's a good six three and a half, six four, mm-hmm. athletic. Can handle the ball. Can go to the rim both sides. I'm so interested to see who gives him a shot. Yeah. He's absolutely a frontier conference player in my mind, but I, I don't know, man. I think that he could walk on at one of the two Montana schools mm-hmm. or even be a, uh, I don't know. I, 
if I was one of the two Montana coaches, I'd take a, a chance on the kid. I mean, if I was Travis Secure, I'd say, let's let's have you walk on, see what you can do. Yeah, let's let's see if you can earn it because he's a Missoula guy, and I just I think his his upside is great. Yeah. He could fill it up. I mean, he averaged 18 points per game for a Big Sky team that, you know, averaged 18 points per game on a one-win Big Sky team last year where everybody's literally guarding you four-on-one mm-hmm. and you're still second in the state in scoring. That extrapolates out to quite a few points if you're playing with some other good players. So I'd be interested to see where he goes as well. The other thing that's interesting about the NAI level is that signing day is such a huge thing in Division One, and if you don't sign on signing day, I think a lot of prospects think that the window closes, but... The signing period is open for a really long time, and so often, especially at the NAI Frontier Conference level, guys might not sign for a little while. A guy right. like Cam Lorenz, he might, you know, be taking his visits after the state tournament. He might not sign till April. There is a second signing period in April as well for basketball and other you know, volleyball and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep you guys all up to date on the ongoings of the recruiting world of Western Montana and, and Montana in general. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. This is one of those weird things where the women's schedule and the men's schedule do not mirror one another because they're... I don't know because it's the big sky conference. Yeah, right. You don't have to do. call it weird. You could just call it dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 well, I just I get that I get that no one's ever going to be happy. Not not every, you're never going to make everybody happy with sure. scheduling. Well, you are going to make everybody mad. How about that? Totally. The the one thing that I will never stand down on is eliminating the Eastern Washington Idaho trip is just stupid. It's just like flushing money down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Every team in the league can go to one school and then bus for less than an hour to the other school. Yeah. Just knock it out. Yeah. Why are you splitting it? That part is so dumb. The fact that Montana State's got to go to Eastern after they've already been to Idaho and vice versa, that Montana's got to go to Idaho after they've already been to Eastern. It's just a waste of money. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, in any case... But regardless, we're going to give you tickets to the Idaho. Oh, and the Idaho, Lady the Idaho Lady Grizzly would be good. I mean, if you yeah. recall the first time around, it was a one point game. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that. But first, talk about this game. The Lady Grizz uh, go to Eastern Washington. They win by 21, 77 56. The Lady Eagles, okay, Eastern Washington, they're not good. They're 1 in 10 in Big Sky Conference. No, they're, play. they're 2 they, and 18. They're yeah. just, they're just, it's a bad basketball team right now. They have everything. I mean, they had six seniors last year. Mm hmm. But they were decimated by injury. But then those they kind of put it together at the end, and they made that run all the way to the Big Sky Tournament championship game. But they lost a lot of veterans. But then the only 
young ladies that came back on that team have been hurt for most, if not all, of the year. So they yeah. they have no continuity. They have no they have no firepower. I mean, they they, they are the most decimated team sure. in the league. And so, in any case, too, given the way that the game went against Montana State for the Lady Grizz in a game that looked like it was well in hand and then suddenly was not that they lose in overtime, this is probably the type of game that you're happy that is your next game on the schedule. And you go in and you win by by 21. McKenzie Johnson led uh, all scores with 22 points in this basketball game. Also, uh, Abby Anderson, who has struggled. You know, she's been she rolled her ankle and had battled some yeah. some injury stuff and had come out of the blocks this year on fire, was the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week early on in this season and really hasn't been heard from, but she did get 15 points on 6 of 10 shooting, so a very efficient day for her. And then Emma Stock- Stockholm also added uh, 12 points in this contest. So the Lady Grizz get this one, and now, to your point, come back to uh, Missoula, on, on Saturday to take on Idaho, a game that was a one-point game the first time that they met that they met up 52-51 and a controversial ending. There was a, a, a effectively an inadvertent whistle or what it was eventually ruled an inadvertent whistle that took a possession that would have been Montana's away, and so they didn't get it. Now, who knows if they make the shot or whatever, but, you know, to not have the opportunity in right. a one-point game is certainly disappointing. Uh, but Idaho is a good basketball team on the ladies' side. They're number two in the conference right now at 8-2, and two, and... You know, this is the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of the Lady Grizz, where they have they 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 lose an overtime to the number one team in the conference. They lose by one point to the number two team, but then they've also and and they've won a bunch of games. I mean, they're now seven and five in conference, and they're number four in the Big Sky. But they've also lost to you know an Idaho State team that they'd beat forty two of the last forty three meetings that they'd had with them, and and so you know that's kind of where you're at. You and I, though, agreed. I mean, we, we, we watched this team play. When they play well, there is there is talent to go around on this team. I mean, they it's not talent. just about one or two players. There are several good players that uh, that can get it done. And so, you know, if they, when as, as they continue to work at this, and this is a huge game because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be in the top four, right? You got to get that by going to Boise to – really have a look at it especially the way it's structured now so uh this is this becomes a big game on saturday i i have such a hard time analyzing the lady grizz in the moment more than mike van deese at carroll college used to talk about this with me all the time especially back when i was doing a project covering the frontier conference mm-hmm. he said once you reach the the summit and then you sit on top of the summit for as long as we did, like they did at Carroll College, mm-hmm. you're haunted by ghosts. The ghosts are everywhere. When you take the court, when you walk down the hall, I mean, help for the Lady Grizz, the number one ghost is their head coach. You're haunted by the legend of Shannon Schwain. I mean, she's the greatest player in the history of the conference. Right. So when you look at this team compared to the last couple of years, they're better. They have better talent. They... They're healthy. By They're healthy. In, in, not completely, but re- relatively. But they speaking. don't have like league MVP sitting on the bench after ACL surgery yes. like they did two years in a row. Right. And I think, like you said, Eastern Washington's a 2-18 team. They're not any good at all. But Lady Grizz still responded today. They still went on the road and won a game. So Lady Grizz are doing a little bit better job, at least than they have in past years, in responding. The fact that they're in fourth place, it's better. But they're the Lady Grizz, mm-hmm. and they're haunted by the the ghosts of of the past. I mean, of, that's of, of of what this is 
quote, supposed to be? More than any other program in the Big Sky Conference. Mm -hmm. There is no rebuilding. There is no, oh, we're just a young team, so we lost at home to Idaho State, but we'll get them next time. That doesn't exist. And that's why I have such a hard time analyzing them, because when you look at just the last three weeks of this season, it was a really bad loss to Montana State on Saturday. But you didn't didn't let yourself get beat twice. Like you said, Eastern Washington, not good. But you didn't let the loss carry over. So they deserve some credit for that. But on the other hand, you should never be in that situation. You shouldn't be losing to... You shouldn't be blowing 14-point leads at home in rivalry games. You shouldn't be losing to uh, middle of the road, if not bottom half of the league, Idaho State team at home. So I, I just have such a hard time putting it into perspective within the scope of this year. But I will tell you this. I think that it's about to be judgment day for the Lady Grizz because they got six of their last nine on the road Mm -hmm. to finish the conference slate. Mm -hmm. And to me, even if you are giving them a little bit of rope because of the fact that it's impossible to replace Robin Selvig and they have had a lot of adversity that was out of their control. I do think you can give them a little rope, but I do think that this is buy or bust. Chance Rand's on a one-year contract. They are in fourth place now. They need to be in fourth place in four weeks. Yeah, they they knew they need to be a top four team. They get to buy, but because of what they have on their roster right now. Yeah, I mean they, they have several elite players that have not performed elite or have shown flashes of being elite, but have not consistently been elite. I mean you got to remember. Jamie Pickens, if you just analyze her as a freshman from Helena, Montana, is having a fine year. She's also the number 91 recruit in the country coming out of high school. She's a four-star player, a multiple-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. Sophia Stiles is having a, a, a fine year for someone that's coming off an injury. She was also the two-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year and a transcendent talent. When you get yeah. her as a recruit, it's I mean, I'm just saying they have a lot of room to grow. It's not they have they they still can achieve exactly what I think their expectations should be this year, but they have to do it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, also tonight, number one versus two in the Big Sky on the women's side, and that is Montana State at Idaho. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.